Welcome back, folks, to another Shifting Schools episode. Excited, and I have to tell you, a little disappointed to bring you this episode that we recorded live at NCCE 23 last week. I'm excited for you to hear the reflections, the conversations, the learning that happened at the conference, along with some cool projects that schools and districts are undertaking right now. But I'm also disappointed as the audio quality is not what I usually produce. So if you are a first time listener, please don't judge our podcast on this audio. I feel like I'm constantly learning when it comes to podcasting and I learned a valuable lesson on this one. We recorded this remotely with my Zoom H2N mic, which I love using for these types of conversations. It's a great compact mic that runs on two AA batteries and that I can quickly take out to record conversations when I'm traveling. I'll put a link to it in the show notes as it's not the mic's fault, I don't think anyway, on the audio quality. We were in a room where the mic was on a table and we were all roughly three to four feet away from the mic. So you'll get to hear how well it is at picking up voices. What I wasn't ready for, or what I wasn't thinking about, was I wasn't ready for what interference it was also going to pick up. And I'm going to guess someone's cell phone. You will at times hear a buzzing sound that I've spent four hours trying to get out of the audio. If someone has a trick to reduce this type of sound, I'd love to hear it. But the buzzing you hear is annoying, but the conversation still comes through. I think it's a cell phone because it's consistently timed as the cell phone was sending out a signal to pair with another device. Think like Bluetooth or maybe Apple AirDrop or even just searching for a cell signal. Either way, I've learned a valuable lesson. When recording in a room with five or six other people, either turn off all other devices or put them far enough away that they don't interfere with the recording. I'd be lying as well if I didn't say I also think it's pretty cool that you get to hear data that is flying around us wirelessly all the time. Rarely do we think about our cell phones or our devices searching for signals, looking to communicate, but there they are, as you unfortunately will hear in today's episode. So I apologize in advance to both you, the listener, and those that gave their time to record this podcast. I did the best I could to clean it up and still have the conversation be heard. Now that I got that out of the way... NCCE 23 was a blast this year. It was my first conference doing multiple sessions since NCCE 20, right before everything shut down. I mean, literally, the city of Seattle was shutting down as the conference was wrapping up in 2020. So it was a full circle moment for me personally to be back at the conference that was the last conference I presented at three years ago. As you would imagine, and as you'll hear in this episode, ChatGPT and generative AI dominated the conversation of the conference, with digital and media literacy conversations still being a hot topic, as they have been for years now. Esports continues to also grow in popularity, with more and more schools starting esports teams. It has me thinking that maybe we need to do a mini-series on esports. If that is something that you would be interested in hearing, let us know at info at shiftingschools.com or on Twitter at Shifting Schools. Just send a quick message saying you'd love to hear and learn more about esports and schools. If you want to get started, check out episode 193 with Chris Netty from the Hoquiam School District, where he talks about the impact esports had on his school and larger community. More than anything, though, it was great to be back in person at NCCE. I swear to you, when I did turn in talks in my sessions, they were a bit louder than usual. They were more passionate than usual. And they were, well, just so nice to hear. It just drove home for me personally how much I love leading sessions with educators and how nothing, no technology, no matter how good, can replace interacting with another human being in person. 
With all that being said, I'm excited for you to hear some reflections from the conference, some ideas educators are taking back to their schools, and projects that are happening as we continue to prepare students for their future, not our past. I'm excited for you to hear this great conversation with awful audio buzzing. But first, a quick word from today's show sponsor. Macinvia from Macin is a free digital content management system offering more than 3 million digital titles, including ebooks, audiobooks, read alongs, databases, and videos. To date, this highly sought after digital content management system has been awarded 20 distinctive national honors, including multiple best of show awards at ISTE several awards of excellence by Tech and Learning, and Product of the Year by Modern Library Awards. Today, Mac and Via can be found in thousands of schools and accessed by more than 9 million students around the world. To see what Mac and Via can do for you, visit macinvia.com today. That's M-A-C-K-I-N-V-I-A.com and set up your free account. All right, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Schools. Uh, we are wrapping up NCCE 23. You can follow the hashtag, hashtag NCCE 23. Uh, we're in the last third day of the conference, and I believe this is the last session. Uh, but we were able to uh, just open up a room. Anybody that wanted to come and talk about their experience at uh, NCCE, we were just going to record an episode to see how things are. So we're just going to everybody introduce themselves and just talk about the conference. We'll start with you. Yeah, I'm Josh Arling. I work in Tone Public Schools, and I am the new director of DART, which is Data Assessment Research and Technology. We also do the Student Information System and Enrollment. Uh, I'm Brian Burns. I work in Spokane Public School District at Francis Scott Elementary, and I'm a Librarian Information Specialist. Woohoo! Uh, uh, my name is Jesse Hines. Uh, I work down in Franklin Pierce Schools District, um, which is just south of uh, the city of Tacoma. Uh, I am an elementary K-5 um, official title information technology specialist, but slash librarian. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm David Steiner. I am t- from Toppenish School District, which is about thir- 20 minutes east of Yakima, if nobody knows where that is at. Um, and I'm currently the instructional technology coach TOSA for our whole district K-12 yeah. Nice. Uh, I, I just find I love it that we're in 2023 and we still have amazing different titles that all pretty much do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and we still, like, a lot of the same work. Yeah, we all do the same work. But yeah, but my title's this and I do that right. and everything else. Oh, welcome. Come on in. Uh, we're just getting started recording a podcast. If you want to be part of the podcast, pull up a chair. Um, Sorry, I didn't see that that was the camp sent to all of us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, as um, we're kind of talking here, uh, want to introduce yourself? We're recording now for the podcast, and I can edit out stuff later, so don't worry about it. But Yeah, Sherry just saw Tacoma Schools. Tacoma Schools. <laughs> awesome. It's good. Representing the home, the home city. Uh, I like it. Uh, so let's just get started. Any themes from the conference? Like you, three days of the conference, any kind of like overarching themes that you feel like kind of came from this year? I don't know. Well, yeah. <laughs> there's like two major ones. Uh, of course, AI. Yeah, okay. Big, yeah. big one. And then the funny thing is I was talking to my colleague um, this morning. I said, about 10 years ago, I spoke at NCCE about cyberbullying mm. and digital literacy and digital citizenship, and I hardly got anybody there. And then, look at this. this is a, it's almost a whole strand here. Yeah. This year, I'm like, 
I was just head of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Head of your time. Well, I yeah. like how, because, uh, yeah, AI and, and uh, kind of info, info literacy, mm. but combined with SEL, like with yeah, everybody, yeah. districts across the country all scrambling to find, you know, some sort of comprehensive approach to SEL for, for the kids after the last couple of years. Um, it was really exciting to see that, you know, almost immediately the big question is like, okay, how can we even approach talking about this mm. without talking about that technology interface that the kids are having on an hourly basis, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but it's everywhere. I mean, those are like the two, like you're having to choose between, yeah. you know, two or three sessions that are all talking about, you know, kind of some of the, some of the same stuff. Um, so yeah, those are like two major ones. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else? Uh, one of my uh, big takeaways was a lot of the presenters talked about that we don't know what we're going to be preparing mm. our students for in the future, and you know some large percentage of the jobs that they yeah. go to aren't even created yet. So how can we prepare them? But the focus is more on what skills mm. they're going to need. We can teach them to be critical thinkers. We can teach them to be problem solvers, and that to me I think was kind of the theme I saw oh, that's throughout. Cool. A lot of the sessions, and then me as a library and information specialist, I have that space and the time to work on mm. those skills kind of I like outside that. of the classroom. I like That's that. something I picked up in a yeah. sessions. Yeah, and I, as if anybody was in one of my sessions, I just really just am tired of hearing this. 85% of the jobs the kids are going to have don't exist yet. And I'm like, well, but who cares? Like, I mean, that's something we can't control. You can't control that, but we can control the skills that kids leave our school system with. That is something we can control. And we know what those are. I mean, you know, the world and, and corporations have told us what those are. So focus on those. Don't worry about the jobs. They'll take care of themselves. Uh, and if we create students who, who, who are adaptive learners and can adapt to new situations. Lifelong learning is what we used to call it back in the day, you know, and that's what you want. You want to yeah. be able to, to adapt and, and to learn as all. Uh, favorite session? Favorite session? Yesterday. Sorry. I'm Which not gonna, one? I mean, yours is not going to be that guy. You're like, oh, your session. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was your. So your session yesterday on ChatGPT mm. at the end, I was just like, I knew and I played in there, yeah. But I hadn't played in there in that way. Mm. And then, as you're talking about, like um, your friend with the email, yeah, and the softening of tone, I was like, wow. And then I'm thinking about back to the SEL session and about um, critical thinking and about how we're going to have to get our students to be able to utilize these skills. And how do we do that with skills? Of the I mean. With AI and everything going, man, they're just going to start utilizing it. So yeah. It's going to be fascinating. That's cool. That's cool. Do you want to come be part of the podcast? I, oh. Yeah. Part of a podcast? A podcast. We're recording right now. Come on, Amanda. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, come on up. Grab a chair. We can scoot around. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, anyone else? I think uh, your session on ChatGPT um, was great. A lot of the information I already knew because I was doing my own research sure. about it. But the way it, my colleague and I afterwards were just discussing it and we're like, okay, kids are going to be able to write things. But then we're like, how are we going to take to that next level? Well, what was Jeff saying? He was saying, well, now they're going to go straight into interviews instead of writing that essay. Well, now we need to prepare our kids for that uh, interpersonal communication 
either in-person interview or uh, Zoom interview or whatever. And so we need to get them to start presenting and collaborating and getting them off the phones mm. and back to face-to-face communication. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. We just had a, a session earlier this morning with uh, with Jason, and he it was kind of the uh, the the don't don't panic, don't fear the reaper yeah. approach to AI, um, and uh, which I thought was interesting because it was set right opposite. Um, uh, Lagarde's um, we need to prepare kids to be able to like be able to be critical about yeah. what they're seeing and like that was an interesting juxtaposition mm. um, but his um, you know his approach to looking at how uh, you know you said at the keynote you know no teachers are not going to be replaced by AI if we're if you're doing the job right you're not going to get replaced um, and watching some of the ways that he was using it to you know we've all seen examples of it where it's like okay you know, take this research paper, um, help me create a five, uh, a unit of five lessons based on that paper. I need, you know, quiz questions. I need this and this and that. Um, and then moments later, you've got a unit. Yeah. Five beautiful lessons, all aligned to standards and everything else. And, you know, what he was trying to get the educators in the room to kind of think about was that it's no, it's not. This isn't cheating. Right. This is not doing your job. This is saving you time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that then you can spend the rest of your time, you know, building those relationships with the kids. Yeah. All those things that at times we are too exhausted to put the time and energy into because we are spending all of our time just like crunching through all the things you're supposed to be reading. Right. Like, you know, watching 20 YouTube videos to find the one <laughs> you're going to pull out and use. Right, yeah. You know, and now you can press a button and AI will be like, well, these are the top three that I would suggest for you. Yeah. And for your grade a, level. Summary, for your, yeah. You know, um, yeah. so I really like that approach to it. That he's like, just think of it as giving you more time to do the stuff that we know is the important really stuff. impacts the kids. Yeah, I like uh, that. That was a, yeah, that was It's a good message. That's a good message. Yeah. Welcome, Amanda. Do you want to tell us where, where you were, uh, where do you teach? What, what's your position? I'm a digital learning coach in Tacoma. In Tacoma, another Tacoma. I like Tacoma showing up. Great. That's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think there's, you know, the AI thing is so, I think that it's so cool. And to your point, I mean, this idea of, of a thought partner, I call it a thought partner, right? Like you can do these things for us. It can free up our time. The number one thing that I kept hearing and I, I don't think it's there yet, but just how can it help me grade? I had so many teachers come up to me and say, how can this help me grade? I just need to get through grading. I just need to get through grading. And I mean, you can use it. Like there are ways to use it to help help you with grading. Um, but I don't know if it's there yet that I would trust it yeah. fully. And Jason, Jason showed a great example of putting in like copied and pasted a PDF that was a rubric. Yeah. Fed the rubric in, then put in a writing sample and said, please grade that for me. Um, and it was an exemplar, so it gave them all, all fours and a three. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You can't just do all fours. You sure. got to give a three somewhere in there. But then he also said, watch this. And he said, would you reconsider the grade on where I got a three? And it reconsidered it and gave him a four. Like, <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. Like, I think as he even said, every student's best friend. Like, yeah, right. If you don't like your grade, will you reconsider yeah, it? We'll just reconsider it for and you. the computer will automatically yeah. Yeah, give you Yeah, you don't have to redo the so. paper. We'll just automatically give you a better grade because right. we asked you to reconsider it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it does, have, it does have some of those. But it'll be interesting to see how it, you know, I mean, we're, all, we're in the infancy stages of this, so it'll be interesting to see. And who knows, you, we're all going to be going to a website soon where it'll just grade every any paper for you like you'll be able to pick your rubric and the ai i'll just use that rubric against you know i'll upload all these things from google classroom and just get my report and 
All right, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see where that goes, but who knows where it's going to go. It's the AI will be grading against itself because yeah. the students will take the AI yeah. and put it into the AI and be like, yeah. I did a good job on that the first time. Why are you? Yeah, I wrote a paper on ChatGPT. I'm using ChatGPT to grade it based on a rubric that ChatGPT and it can't even get itself a five. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it starts grading itself. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, on the SEL side, what were some of the what were some of the takeaways? If you went into any sessions on the the social emotional learning side, any any sessions or any takeaways from anything you went to or heard or saw on that end? When you digital literacy is the literacy of the future, mm. like that piece, I I know there's been depending on like who's gonna who's gonna do this right is it gonna be this is it our is it our um um teaching librarians is it gonna be this social studies teacher is it gonna be so everyone's like is this somebody else's job yeah but then thinking of this i'm like dang you know and i have a ninth grade daughter i'm going yeah you get manipulated left and right through you know your stuff and she now has a flip phone or 555 equals a number. So I'm good for a minute. But because her other phone was taken away because she wasn't she wasn't doing it the way you're supposed to do it. And so um, she won't listen to this, so it'd be fine. Stumbles across it years later and be like, no, no, that's not me. <laughs> right, right. But um, but I think that aspect of like if she had the social emotional tools then the situation that she found herself in, she wouldn't have found herself mm. in such a in such a dire strait. Okay. Yeah. So um so I think that piece like struck me. I'm going, oh yeah. Mm. That's it should be all of us, not who's you know, who's putting their finger on their nose saying not it. Yeah, I like that. And I think there's um there's another talk that I do and we I talk about this like coming out of the coming out of the pandemic and i think one of the biggest issues that we saw is before the pandemic i was using this this triangle of literacies where our um you know we we have just over time continued to stack literacies on top of each other we have print literacy which has been the foundation of human existence since any of us can remember, right? Print literacy is this big base of a, of a foundation. And then on top of that, we've stacked these other literacies. Like we have media literacy, we have information literacy, we have digital literacy. And as you stack them, right, it, it kind of forms a pyramid. And at the very top of that, I would say was kind of before the pandemic, we were all like kind of doing media literacy. It was kind of becoming a thing. We were checking the boxes from Common Sense Media. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and we took that pyramid and literally overnight flipped it upside down where everybody needed to have media literacy. You needed to know how to run a camera. You needed to know how to run a chat room. You needed to know how to log into Zoom and mute everybody. Like there's all this media literacy that not just as educators you needed to have, but everybody, right? Every student needed to have it. Parents at home need to have it. And we found ourselves that we'd stacked literacies instead of replacing literacies. So the idea is now, are we in a place where we can start looking at replacing literacies or rearranging the pyramid to say it is now 2023, print is still important, but is print literacy the base literacy or should the base literacy be information literacy digital literacy, media literacy. Sure, I still want kids to understand print and I want them to read print and I want them to write print. But even more than that, 
with the way things are going, I want them to know how to listen to a podcast. I want them to know how do you watch a YouTube video and gather information out of it, right? That's a literacy skill. There's these other literacies in the world that we're in that we're starting to, I, I hope, that we're starting to look at, you know, are, is there a different way to rearrange those literacies? And I don't know if we're there yet. Why, why do we have to rearrange them? Why can't they just be combined? Well, that would be the, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I like that idea. I think it goes with one of the sessions I went to with uh, analog books and digital readers mm. and kind of turning now how the TikTok generation reads videos and multimedia and kind of how can we integrate that into print and book to get the kids reading again and kind of goes to social emotional of not telling the kid who's read every Dogman book five times oh, here, why don't you read a real book? Like, yeah. I mean, you have a kid rereading the same book. That, to me, is a pretty big thing. You know, that's yeah. what uh, Jennifer Lagarde was talking about mm. in all of her session was, no, we can get these kids to be super readers again, but they don't need to be reading the 500-page print book. They could be reading information yeah. in a form that kind of fits and aligns with them. And, I mean, if you're going to build them up on that, that only has to help their social emotional status of well hey look yeah i'm getting this so. and i do like reading as yeah. long as it's the reading i like to read <laughs> which is i think everybody right we all have our genres we like and don't like and i like to read my genres and i don't like to read other genres you know um and i think i i love that right and, and if, if it happens to be an ebook or you like to read comic books or you whatever you whatever it happens to be Reading is reading, and I want kids to engage in reading. Um, and sure, you can be exposed to other things, but how much are we going to force that exposure? Um, I think well, and you, and you still get, you know, I think, I think a lot, I think my assumption is that lots of, if not most, educators, classroom teachers are coming to the point where, um, you know, if a kid picks up a book, like, like I said, I don't, if it's the same kid has read the same Dogman book five times, you know why? Because I just trust at some point, Dogman's going to be checked out. Yeah. I'm just going to point out there are some other cool books over there too. Yeah. And I'm going to leave them to it. Yeah. Right? That most educators are like, if they are picking up a print book, awesome. Awesome. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Battle, battle one. Yeah. Yeah. It's not War and Peace. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I mean, to your point, you, when that flipped over and all of a sudden, like, we started off with, so like four weeks and six weeks we yeah. were supposed to be back and yeah. then it was a year and and you just saw the kids and the families like the families you know, you notice the families that just didn't have that that you know that digital literacy that media literacy and they they were the ones who fell off the map mm. they were the ones who after a few weeks stopped calling you for help to get logged in or to open up the app or that link didn't work they stopped calling they stopped showing up um, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely vital that these, that these kids have it, but you know, the families, you know, the families need it too. The yeah. families, I think it was in one of, uh, Lagarde's sessions, she had mentioned, you know, opening up like an evening training for the parents to come in and it was booked instantly. Yeah. Like, like overwhelming interest from the parents saying, yeah. yes, please help us yeah. understand how this is happening because we watched our kids. Yeah, and we couldn't couldn't help them. Yeah. Couldn't help them. Yeah, we didn't have the we didn't have the, the skills needed yeah. to support to support our kids, yeah. and we want to have those skills, right? Parents want to have those skills. So, how do we as an educational community support a wanted need? 
you know? It's so much easier to train people when they want it, <laughs> right? Um, so that, that's cool. I like that. Awesome. Uh, anything else that you I'm found interesting? Curious. I'm just curious about how do we have our educators get the same digital literacy training? Because mm-hmm. I think the piece is, is that um, – at least I can speak for myself. Like I, I remember when AOL came with the CD and we put it in and I was like, <laughs> totally. man, I got kicked out of the chat room again. Yeah. And my buddy's like, stop messing around, you know? Yeah. And so I think, you know, living on both sides of the, of the divide, I don't know that, you know, that, that everyone is at the same place with their learning of what, what's happening. And then how do we navigate that learning as well? And so I think, being able to do, I guess what I'm thinking is, how do we help our teachers so that they can help our students mm-hmm. be able to be teaching teaching of it? Because if they're not necessarily that that comfortable with the content, how are they going to be able to be the teachers of that their, that content, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm just, yeah. Yeah, and when we don't know something, we get scared of it. I mean, mm-hmm. we can use ChatGPT as an example, right? That there, there's this instant, and it's like you don't know how it works, and so there's this instant like. I don't know if I want to use it or I don't know if it's good for kids. We should just block it until we figure it out. Right. We get into these mentalities and it's nobody's, it's just human nature of like, we don't like change. Right. And so it's this, this push and pull of like, how can we support you in understanding what this does for you and for your kids so that then we can have those conversations uh, with students around whatever the topic happens to be. And as a tech coach, it's, I see it all the time, right. With, with my veteran teachers that are, their span of looking at technology, they're afraid or mm-hmm. some of them are like, oh, yeah, yeah. But it's that relationship piece, right? Mm-hmm. It's that when when you're working with your teachers to then teach your students, you got to have that relationship where they have that buy-in with you. So when you bring something out like chat GPT, like I'm doing a training right now, like uh, building a training asynchronous training for art staff that when i bring that out they'll know okay david has brought this out it's going to be something serious so let's go ahead and do it mm. so you have that relationship, relationship already this yeah uh what are some cool things you're doing at your schools what is something you're excited about at the moment that you might be working on or maybe something you want to take back or you're excited to take back from the conference even to be like, you know what, that's something I want to try or implement or or if it's not has anything to do with this, like, hey, at our school, we're really crazy. We're trying this crazy thing. Anybody got any crazy stuff going on? We have a pretty cool video project happening at a, at a school. Um, they're working with a... A young local man who has gone through Tacoma schools now has graduated oh, cool. as an organization that um, talks specifically about how your identity and your experiences in your life impact who you become and, and what you choose to do with your life. Oh, cool. So he's talking to the kids at an elementary school about their identities and their experiences in their life, and they're developing kind of like a little documentary about who they are oh, my gosh. as humans. Um, beyond as just learners in the classroom. So how has my lived experience in my neighborhood impacted my belief systems and what I think about things? In this video, they're going to create, edit, and then they're going to show it in one of our local theaters. Oh, so wow. Families are going to get to come and see their kids on the big screen with the creations they have going. And so is every kid video. making their own? So for this one, that's kind of a 
a spot in Tacoma where we're working on trying to get some video editing software for our kids, mm. but he's going to do the editing this time. They're more focused on the storytelling yeah. side of it, but they're also learning what it looks like to be a digital creator. Oh, I love and that. And so many of them want to be YouTubers. Yeah, right. <laughs> they want yeah. To, what they want to do with their lives is get on there and influence, is yeah. what they're saying. So um, he's showing them how can we take video in different types with you know an iPad. You can use an iPad. You can use a phone. You can use an actual video camera. So they're going to get hands on those oh, experiences cool. as well. Talk about how it kind of can lead into lifelong careers and, and, and you know things that you can do later. But it's a pretty cool. Project. How long has this project been going on? Um, like a full year so thing. So he's been working with the staff all year, just on developing the mindset mm. to take something like this on yeah. and to think of identity and experience being something that's important in the classroom. Um, he started with the students with the actual the lessons part mm -hmm. of it probably three weeks ago okay and they're going to do the presentation in may or june awesome and will it be uploaded on youtube because that would be like the full circle yeah. thing yeah, on your tacoma youtube channel or something it'll be up and i think he's hoping to also uh, depending on how it goes submit them to some film festivals oh too. so cool very cool that's it a really cool, cool that's a cool project project i love that yeah. Which elementary is that? Franklin. Franklin. Cool. I'm going to be working with a, a school I don't have much background information on it yet. Um, where that's part of why I hopped on that and came over here. They are going bringing in somebody from the outside that will be working with all of the students on creating podcasts. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. that'll be fun. Yeah. We can talk about that after we stop recording, too. We've got a lot of resources for you uh, on doing that stuff and some fun things we can do. Awesome. Uh, great. Anyone else got anything cool going on? I think one of the things that um, I took from this, this, uh, this conference that I'm going to take back is your training. One of your first trainings, the... Um, Professional learning, mm. not professional development. I'm not, not going to use PD anymore. Yeah. I'm P professional learning. <laughs> professional learning, and and just your format mm. of building things out. Because I I'm one of the PD specialists in my in my school district, so I'm going to look at that, and I'm going to also going to say, hey, this is how we should do things, mm. cool. um, and I'm going to say. Yeah, because Jeff said so. <laughs> this is what Jeff said. <laughs> this is what Jeff said. Yeah. yeah. And then another thing is at one of our elementary schools, uh, one of the fifth grade teachers came to, came to me and said, hey, I found this, found this uh, website called Story Jumper. Mm. I don't know if anybody's heard of it, mm. but kids get to create their own books and, oh, cool. and they get to collaborate with each other. But they can be across the room to, and collaborate. So like a like slide or something. Yeah, but they have little characters. They have you know, little. It's like a comic book style. Yeah, okay. And um, and then you could buy the book. You could buy a hardcover. Publish or, it and actually buy the book. Yeah, and it's it's pretty cool. And so she implemented. So she came to me. I I said, I vetted it. Gave it to my IT people. They vetted it. And then she ran with it, oh, cool. and, and she had the principal come in, and he's like, "Yes, we need to, we need to have these printed." Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah, to be a you could be a published author by fifth grade. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've seen kindergartners be published authors, so yeah. it's pretty cool what you can do with this stuff nowadays. Awesome, awesome. Anything else anybody want to chat about? 
I just went to a session right before this. It was a panel, mm. and it was um, four women who have grown up. And yeah, you were there. Yes, you were in it. Um, but they were talking about what experiences led them to be able to choose to be computer scientists mm. as they grow up. We had first generation university students, wow. people who were from all walks of life. Um, but you know, one of them kept talking about how she's a Latina and nobody in her life had done computer science. No one knew what coding was. She went into the university and nobody looked like her. So, you know, they really kind of had to scratch their way through the the process. But something I thought was very interesting was that three of the four of them talked about a major influential part of their life was watching a TED Talk. Mm -hmm. They got Mm -hmm. the, they they connected their lives to somebody on that screen through their conversation on a TED Talk. And that's what encourage them to be able to move forward to becoming computer scientists as women. Wow. So I'm thinking if we don't leverage our technology and and look at things like TED Talks as an opportunity for kids to write TED Talks instead of write your five paragraph essay. Yeah. We're we're missing out on an opportunity to help them see beyond what they thought they're yeah, what they thought they'd be able to do. Yeah, what's possible, right? So that's like three out of four of them mentioned TED Talks. Interesting. And that's influential. the person that I thought was the most influential person in my life. That's the conversation that made me decide I wanted to be a coder. Wow. It was, it was mm-hmm. very interesting. Yeah. That is really, that's so cool. Because you just think about, you know, I mean, I'm sure we've all watched TED Talks. They are motivational. I mean, the people, they get to do those. And I can totally see that. And if you don't have anybody in your surrounding that is like, how do you, who do you look up to? And so you could see something like that. Yeah, that's so cool. And I love that idea. Like where, where are we help having kids write Ted talks, right? Script things out. Even like with the videos that you're doing. I mean, there's so much writing in the script writing and these poor kids think that you just become a YouTube influencer overnight and get a million views. And I love that. That's why I love making videos with kids. Cause you know, then all of a sudden they're like, I'm, I just want to be on T I just want to be on YouTube. Like, well, you will be after we write everything out five times after we've got the green screen, right after like, there's so much production value that goes into it across the curriculum. That's cool. So awesome. Well, thank you all for being here. Thank you for being part of the podcast. Uh, it's great to just kind of sit here and reflect. Uh, NCCE will be back in uh, 24. We will be back in Seattle, I believe, February 14th to the 16th. So thank you all again. Thank you, Shifting Schools. Thank you, NCCE, for giving us the room. Until next time, we'll see you on the network. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Just a reminder, you can save $25 on any of our learning pathways at shiftingschools.com by using the code SSPOD25 at checkout. If you like today's show, or if you have something you'd like us to talk about, send us an email at info at shiftingschools.com. And of course, rates and reviews are always appreciated. Until next time, we'll see you on the network.